Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. March 4th. Anyway, March 4th is the date for one of the D.C. trials, which would put it the day before Super Tuesday. I don't know if that date holds up. I just was reading Jonathan Turley's Twitter feed. He seems to think it's not that Trump's benefit for it to get bumped back further in the year closer to the general election, but I don't know. God, it's got to be a mess. It's funny. Judy and I were uh, talking last night. We realized I double booked something. I agreed to a doctor's appointment when we had another obligation, blah, blah, blah. Trying to schedule these many 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 hearings before the trials even get started and then the trials themselves is going to be like a a fifth a family with 50 people in it (laughs) that are all very very busy trying to figure out when we're all going to go to the beach i mean it's going to be they're going to have to employ like supercomputers at top universities and (laughs) 
I don't know. Scheduling experts, the Mayans, I don't know, uh, to get all that stuff squeezed in. It's, it's, it's close to an impossibility. A guy was telling me the other day about how he was dating two girls at once over Thanksgiving one year, and he did both Thanksgivings. He was double booked on Thanksgiving. He did both Thanksgivings without the other one knowing. I'm not sure I could eat two Thanksgiving meals. Physically, emotionally, and logistically challenging. <laughs> right. You couldn't eat two. What do you mean? You you regularly do the bang-bang. Yeah, but a Thanksgiving bang-bang. Wow. Well, that's the thing. you got to show real restraint at Thanksgiving number one with the oh, one Oh, boy, stuffing. I haven't had stuffing since 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Oh, Granny Smith. I mean, Jones. Uh, wow, that looks beautiful. The apple pie is gorgeous. Just a little slice for me. <laughs> There's as many reasons why you probably shouldn't do that. And eating is probably the least of them. Uh, whether as a young man or currently, I've understood the 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 f- physical benefits of having more than one bow. It's not like I'm an idiot. I comprehend that. <laughs> On the other hand, the and maybe this is a measure of my character. I don't know if it's good or bad. The stress. I couldn't no. take the stress. I agree. Morally, it's it's not good. And just uh, who wants that lifestyle? It sounds yeah. awful. You know, if it's the beginning stages of a relationship with no expectations, uh, I think morally speaking, it's up to you. You do what you want. But if you are into the relationship at all, I am very not in favor of deception. Not good. It's not good for anything. So, anyway. But uh, you do you, and if come this Thanksgiving you got two uh, two honeys, well, bring some Tums with you or something. Speaking of eating, <clears throat> speaking of eating, let me just say in advance, any, any piece of writing, journalism, video, whatever, that deals with money across time, that, ju- that doesn't, just for inflation, is doing itself a terrible disservice. So I spent a little time doing, very little time, but I spent a little time doing that as I bring you the tale of Big Sugar and the millions of Americans deception has killed. Mm. Quite literally millions. And it's supposed by this guy who's a nutritionist. Um, but I've, I've gone through this and it is all absolutely rock solid information. Uh, And he writes, 50 years ago, Big Sugar quietly paid three scientists to point the blame for chronic disease at cholesterol and saturated fat. Millions of Americans died as a result. And this is how Big Sugar has been lying to the American population since around 1965. And they talk about, um, we'll skip to 1967, but a single scientific study, well done and, and respected, revealed the true culprit of the diabetes and heart disease epidemic was sugar it was not saturated fat or cholesterol so why wasn't this information made common knowledge and, and distributed around the country well the sugar industry covered it all up they knew the results of these studies would tank sales and cost them billions of dollars perhaps now i could jump in and point out that currently the sugar industry uh, is worth 38 billion dollars or so um and, and there's some Yes. And the ramifications were so quick and observant. Me, growing up in rural Wisconsin, I mean, the where, what state? The, the dairy state. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and lots of sausage and bacon and eggs, of course, eggs and all that yeah. sort of stuff. 
Me and all my friends were eating Pop-Tarts and Kellogg's sugary cereals. Because to the, be healthy. Be, to be healthy, because the population had become convinced that, no, 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 the fat and bacon and, uh, you know, uh, cholesterol and eggs and all sorts, of, that's bad for you. You're better off. And it worked. So the sugar industry, again, knew that this would tank sales and cost them billions, so they paid three top Harvard scientists $65,000 each to prove that sugar was harmless. Well, this is where the guy fails to adjust for inflation, so I went to my handy inflation calculator, and I will tell you this. They paid each of these Harvard scientists just under $600,000 each. Wow, that's a, a major check bribe. for 600 gur. Wow. So, who are these scientists? They were some of the most respected nutrition experts in the world. Dr. Frederick Stair was the chairman of Harvard's Department of Nutrition. Dr. Mark Hegstead was a scientific advisor for the USDA, and Dr. Robert Gandy was a pioneer in dietary research, and they got $600,000 each to dismiss multiple long-term studies. The first study proved sugar caused deadly arterial plaques. This was ignored. Another showed heart disease skyrocketed on high-carb diets. The scientists dismissed it, claiming these diets are rarely consumed. The consequences of this scientific manipulation are horrifying. The truth about sugar and its effects on obesity, diabetes, and heart disease remained in the dark for years. Well-meaning doctors prescribed their patients low-fat, high-carb diets for decades. That's what we both grew up with. Yep. In the, in the 70s, particularly, our childhood years and, and on. Uh, you probably remember this if you're old enough. These dietary suggestions are to blame for the obesity crisis in America. This guy writes, I'd say that's at least partially true. The USDA urged Americans to trade butter for margarine. Margarine <laughs> is a trans fat. It's now accepted as an artery-clogging uh, poison. We ate margarine in Wisconsin when I was a kid because the government told us it was healthier. There's butter everywhere. You were gulping down trans fats. Isn't that incredible? Another massive shift was to healthy, low-fat foods loaded with hidden sugars. As a result, U.S. sugar consumption tripled from the late 60s to uh, the early 2000s. Not surprisingly, so did type 2 diabetes and blood sugar issues. We observed this once before. We came across this chart, um, and it's astounding still. Now, we'll go from 1820 to just after 2000 well 2000 is when it peaked but from 1820 to 2000 the u.s sugar consumption per person per year went from about six pounds a year that's five or six the graph's hard to read i'll call it five five pounds a year to 115 pounds per year do you know if they're counting natural sugars like are they counting the sugar like in an apple and stuff like that for that six mm. pounds back in 1820 because where else were people getting sugar well sugar was a known commodity well i, mean, I know you but would, were they eating much of it i'm just five about pounds <laughs> um no i i think that would be impossible to measure hmm it's just uh, you went to the, the the general store or the trading post and you bought yourself some sugar so in grandma's apple pies and all that sort of stuff you're getting that much sugar yeah, added sugar. Yeah, but um, uh, what's interesting is indeed from 1960 to 2000, it increased a, a great deal, a great deal. Um, by in 1980, about 13 years after this started, uh, 1980. About, those are good times. Oh my gosh, we, we traded Jimmy Carter for Ronald Reagan. 
Reggie Jackson was swatting home runs. Was he still an 80? I think he was. He was a, was he a padre then? Disco was king, but it was old and senile, like Joe Biden. Or California Angel. Um, yes. Joe Biden was already old. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He was certainly mature. So in nineteen eighty, one American in fifty had a blood sugar problem. One in fifty. Today it's one in three. So hit me with the pounds again. So it was six pounds of sugar per person in eighteen twenty tool. Uh a hundred and <laughs> Six or so. Is there any other data really needed at all? I mean, uh, if you know much about evolution, we evolve really slowly. And the beast can't adapt to that big a change in diet. Oh, no. In evolutionary speaking, less than a blink of an eye. Right. Oh, my God. From five pounds to 105 pounds a year. 96 million Americans, this is according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, 96 million Americans, it's more than one in three, have prediabetes, blood sugar levels that are higher than normal, but not yet high enough to be classified as a type 2 diabetes, but you are on the road to diabetesville. And since the Harvard Sugar Study, it's estimated that 158 million people in the U.S. have died as the result of blood sugar problems, etc., it, this is a, a tale with a couple of bits of significance. Number one, the corruptibility of science at times, especially back in the day, the willingness of government to be bribed, and then there's purely just the dietary thing. Sure, I should ask my mom about this, but I'm sure I know what the answer is. It's just parents just then, just like now, trying to do the right thing for their kids. No, yeah. no, butter's bad, so this this margarine's much better for you. Well, and we all grew up with the food pyramid, right? That at, at the bottom, what you're supposed to have the most of is is grains and stuff, which is carbs, uh, breads. And then as you moved up, you could have a, a, maybe a little bit of dairy and then less meat than that in the top of the pyramid, whatever was, you know, cheese or I can't even remember. But anything that was high fat was... Oh, I guess meat was at the top. Just don't even eat this protein. Protein is so bad for you. Just gobble down lots and lots of sugar. Speaking of 1980, um, so, uh, you know, what do you do? Uh, cut out sodas and juices, cut out processed snacks and treats, low-fat foods filled with sugars. Inst- instead, stick to real whole foods. And, you know, there's another study that came out that I mentioned, uh, ultra-processed foods that have that long list of ingredients. And that's how you tell. If you can't buy those ingredients and do it in your kitchen, don't eat that. That's my new rule, like uh, protein bars and whatever. If I see more than like half a dozen ingredients and I see any hydrologized this or hyperkinetic, (laughs) I won't eat it. Uh, I think it's uh, foolish any time a person says, well, that's the way it used to be. Science was corrupt, or the government was willing to do. Yeah, okay. You got to prove to me that times have changed. There might be better safeguards, but humans are still humans. I'll bet and I don't trust humans. I'll bet we look back on a lot of the electric car, green energy stuff with the same fascination decades from now. Like, how were they possibly pushing? How did they think that would work? One final assertion from this guy. Uh, big food, big sugar, and big pharma have been manipulating and profiting off our disease and sickness for decades. If the uh, 
If the gods of science figured out how to end obesity in a week, do you think Big Pharma that's now selling the Wegovia and the Snibarkia and whatever, all those weight loss drugs, if they could spend a billion dollars to shut that, that study down, do you think they would do it? And put it in a vault with the grail, like at the end of... Uh... In the bones of D.B. Cooper? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Great work today. Way to step it up. Uh, Greg, excellent job with the Gucci bag, but remember, we got to keep it under $950, okay? California doesn't care if we steal anything less than $950, but if we go over that, the police might... Call our parents. Yeah, maybe even give us a timeout. Yeah, not on my watch. I'll leave you with this, guys. Remember to keep it thrifty and nifty, all while under 950. You guys are getting it. All right, everybody, hands in. Okay, we are pieces of on three. (laughs) I believe that was sarcasm. Indeed, yes. Young uh, TikToker there railing against the lawlessness of Cal Unicornia. Keep your looting under 950, people. Got this. This is for reals. This is not uh, fake. That was satire. California mall that's going to require unaccompanied teens to wear an ID lanyard when they go into the mall. I guess they got to figure out who you are before you start walking around the mall, hoping that that will keep certain people away or make you feel like, man, if if I do anything, they already know my name. Will there be a protest against it? Will people resent it? What will they chant? I'm no Spaniard. I won't wear a lanyard. I don't, I don't, I don't know. What? I don't know what they'll chant. What? That's a controversial move, though. <laughs> I'm no Spaniard. I couldn't think of another rhyme for lanyard. I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> All right, then. Wow. Or just... you could enforce the law. I just, I, 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 I really don't want to sound like old man yells at clouds because, you know, <laughs> times change. But I tell my kids, you know, here we are at the nice mall. The nice mall that's got the super expensive stores that we don't even go in because we can't afford it. And there are armed guards outside the door. This wasn't the way it was just like a blink of an eye ago. And, it, you know, that and so many other things that weren't like this. A blink of an eye ago. It's just I can't keep up with the change. And is there any change for the better? I've been asking this question for a couple of years. Is there anything that's getting better? Name me one thing that isn't getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Societally speaking, it's, right. it's difficult. Uh, the awareness of how bad things are is getting better. <laughs> well, that's Wow, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Well, darkest before the dawn or something like Look, that. Look, we I don't, found I don't know. agreement in our marriage. We both hate each other, so that's good, right? We agree on something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. This is the day that we say you're about to open a pit of hell. The Bobcat Techno Award. Huh? A Bobcat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Well, Lottie freaking God. Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The shocking revelation from the FAA. They've ordered about 60 pilots who are also military veterans out of the cockpit amid an investigation into nearly 5,000 pilots who the FAA alleges falsified medical records. The VA Inspector General's office became, quote, concerned that some pilots may be hiding mental health conditions or fraudulently receiving disability benefits. The FAA saying it has closed about half the cases and says a majority of the pilots whose cases remain open can still fly while they investigate. 600 of the pilots under investigation have licenses to fly passenger airlines. There's a couple interesting angles to this story. 
as I know some military people and I know some pilots and uh, pass that along to you. But the Wall Street Journal had this story yesterday. 5,000 pilots suspected of hiding major health issues. Most are still flying. That's a pretty eye-grabbing headline. Makes you go, oh, my God. My pilot's got a heart problem and is going to crash us into the ground or whatever. What's going on here, at least in this particular case, is you have a lot of military veterans that the claim is, and this might be true in some cases, uh, the claim is that a lot of these veterans are minimizing their ailments to the FAA so that they don't lose their license, but exaggerating them to the VA to maximize their disability payments. So it's, ah. I can't, I can't you know, function in society because of my PTSD, I need a big check. But to your to the FAA, you're saying I'm fine. I got no problems. Uh, you know, you check a box saying you've never had any problems, so that they don't take away your flying license. So that could be going on. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, well, the more the government controls, and the more financial success depends on kowtowing to the government, the more you see gaming the system. The FAA relies on aviators to self-report conditions. That can otherwise be difficult to detect, such as depression or post-traumatic stress, according to physicians who conduct the exams. You'd have to be a certain sort of person who's got a really good job. Like, you're a commercial airline pilot. You're making good money. you got a great job. you got a big union and all that sort of stuff. And you're going to, what, go to your boss and say, you know, I've been feeling kind of depressed lately. You probably should not let me fly. I mean, who's going to do that? Or even, more likely... Hey, I'm getting treated for depression, but I'm I'm great. Um, right, it's it's part of part of life. I'm dealing with it, and I, I cherish every life on board, every well, aircraft I ever fly. So don't worry about it. You know how many people are taking some sort of medicine for depression that are no threat to you whatsoever? Gazillions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, and and I bet I bet this is a factor in it too. Um, a young person who I know was told quite specifically by a military recruiter, don't tell the truth about that. I know. I know. About a mental health issue. I know this for a fact, and uh, I'll be vague myself. But you hear noises that, no, 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 that may be the way it used to be. But now you can be, you know, you can report that you're dealing with this or that. Not if you want to move up or get that next assignment doing this or that. You can't be honest. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. And uh, so uh, this from a uh, pilot I know. There are so many tiny little ways you can lose your license. I happen to know this pilot, like his biggest fear is any sort of minor health problem. You could have the most minor of health problems that like is very common to have occur to you like in your 50s, or early 60s or whatever. But you ain't going to get to fly anymore if, if, if it's something you have to report. Hmm. Just because they're very particular about that sort of thing. Like taking Sudafed can cause you to lose your license. What? Not exactly sure why. The hoops you have to go through to get the license back is major. For instance, you get disoriented that day, for example. If you knew you'd lose your livelihood by reporting it, would you report to somebody that you got disoriented for a few minutes? You'd have to undergo massive testing and jump through tons of bureaucratic red tape to get your job back. So unless it's a major concern, most people will not report it. And that's why they have two guys in the cockpit on all planes anyway, in case one of them does, you know, fall over from a heart attack or stroke or whatever the heck happens to two people please you sexist uh yeah well that's that's fine that's fine which is fine i'm a little uh the the two people in there and and well yeah yeah yeah. pilots are kind of self-regulating i'm fine with that too do you remember when that uh when uh both those commercial pilots uh had a heart attack 
and and the plane went down? No, neither do I, because it doesn't happen. Or do you remember the uh, the pilot who was depressed, so took the plane into the ground on purpose? Maybe. And he got away with it because the other pilot had had a stroke. <laughs> maybe, no. maybe that Malaysian flight, maybe that's what happened. But that would be an outlier, and we don't even know that that's the case. So, yeah, it's not an ongoing problem. Flip on CNN. They're probably still searching for that plane. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have a job, though, where if I got some, like, fluttering in my heart today and went to the doctor... That's going to show up and I'm done. Sorry, you can't be on the radio. You had a heart flutter and, you know, can't do it. You got a cold, you got an inner ear thing, and you feel a little vertigo for a second, and you feel better. You can't report that or you're out. And there's a pilot shortage already. Right. So that's a problem. Anywho. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see this develop. I don't feel particularly threatened by, yeah, as we were saying. Oh, speaking of transportation, I thought this was so good. Have you ever heard the term... Uh, regulatory cobwebs before i hadn't i don't think uh, so but it's uh it's something that came out of this uh article by uh holman jenkins why our ev policies are so extremely stupid <laughs> which i thought was a great headline blame laws and rules enacted when nobody was thinking about electrical vehicles or climate change the idea of regulatory cobwebs is they pass rules and regulations and priorities, and then the spider of need moves on, but the cobwebs remain. And you end up with a regulatory environment that is so convoluted, confusing, complex, and sticky, it's, it's perverse. And they're talking about the incentives for EVs in particular. And then the spider climbs in your ear and lays the eggs of necessity. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I got to admit, when I had my... Uh, and nobody wants to hear about earwax. We've established that. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. I wish you hadn't said it. I know. I know. It's There are very few substances that are less appealing. But <laughs> it's a sickening. I've got to admit, I was 98% convinced that once again, I had a problem with the aforementioned body substance. Uh, but there was like 5% of me thinking, boy, I hope the... Uh, well, I hate to even say it out loud. Spider eggs? Nothing crawled in there and laid eggs or something like that. <laughs> nope, turned out to be wax, folks. All was well. Jeez. <clears throat> oh, anyway, so uh, this this uh, piece of journalism in the Wall Street Journal is talking about how uh, behind the scenes and after they retire, all of the major car manufacturing CEOs say the same thing, that this is absolutely nuts. Um the the summary being the policies and market realities now cause automakers to churn out exactly the wrong kind of electric vehicles if the goal as we claim is carbon reduction uh jim farley admitted last year he's the ceo of ford that ford needs more profits from gas-powered cars to cover losses from electric vehicles and more recently conspicuously trimmed back ford's commitment to evs saying the company was losing too much money on them you see that i wish more people understood this yeah there are a lot of evs on the lot because the government made them produce a certain number of evs and they've got to have a their gas mileage thing so all the vehicles that people want that they actually make a profit off off of are over here and then the vehicles that we have to have to keep our doors open are over here it's hilarious in a, a supposedly free market system and to the extent that americans want evs they want biggins Sure. Which have allegedly more environmental impact. Not a surprise. Uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, but then he says, uh, our fuel economy regulations are incurably stupid. Not because our leaders are necessarily stupid. Not necessarily. Uh, but because an inherited structure of regulation traps us in a stupid policy. The net result is a convoluted set of impulses that authentically serve no purpose at all, have no net benefits for the American people or climate, as even the U.S. Department, uh, Transportation Department was obliged recently to disclose in the Federal Register. A Rube Goldberg testimony to path dependency. That's another term that I'm not really familiar with. I think I can figure out what it means in in context. You, you get down a path a certain amount of time, and you just feel like you have to keep going down that path. Sure. But as the great philosopher, was it Kant or Robert Plant said, yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. Anyway. Great lesson in sunk costs. That's a good point. Uh, plus, he was going to give you every inch of his love, yeah, or so he claimed. Ah, that nearwax in the same uh, segment. Wow, I know. I, what's that? I, I'm out of control. Anyway, back to uh, cars and that sort of thing. <clears throat> I love Led Zeppelin, but I hate the stupid I'm going to sex you up songs. Just to whatever happened to subtlety, Moon June Spoon, whatever happened to a good love song? Huh? <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> uh, Bubba. Oh, here it is. You're familiar with a Rube Goldberg machine, right? That reference? It, it was actually a thing for a while in the 19th, 20th century. You would build these incredibly elaborate machines. Much, much, much more elaborate than was necessary to get a little silver ball from here to there. It was an exercise in mechanical cleverness and, and amusing a crowd. But that's a Rube Goldberg machine. Something that is ridiculously complex for a simple task. <clears throat> I just want to make sure everybody follows the reference. A Rube Goldberg testimony to path dependency. These rules were created for one reason. Gas shortages in the 1970s. With new rationales periodically adopted in keeping with the scary thing du jour. uh, Air pollution. Then encouraging small car production in domestic factories. Then energy independence. Then fighting climate change. Yet, as our government now admits in official documentation, no matter the declared purpose, the rules achieve more cost than benefit. And then they go into some specifics of the auto industry that are a little complicated. Um, But he points out that this is all also mind-bogglingly expensive for the auto manufacturers who then have to double down on the profitable stuff, which is really the last thing your climate activists want to happen, which is big, powerful vehicles. And it is time to absolutely tear this thing down to the studs and start again because it is impossibly complex and utterly counterproductive, which is not shocking the more you live and learn and and see government at work. Right. Oh, and this guy says either, oh, whatever the stated goal of our fuel economy regulations this week, this month, or this year, um, GM's Mr. Lutz remains the clear thinker. Either hit Americans with a stiff gasoline tax or give up and let market forces decide which cars will be offered for sale. That first one would be super unpopular. It would get people to fuel economy like it has in Europe. Tiny little hamster-driven clown cars. <laughs> right. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Today is Rosalind Carter's 96th birthday, wife of former President Jimmy Carter. He is of similar age, doesn't have it here. They have been married for 77 years. Wow. Both the oldest first lady ever, oldest president ever, longest marriage of any president and his wife ever. Seem like super nice people. Not a fan of his politics or presidency, but... Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he spent his post presidency building houses for the poor it's hard to argue with that i know there is a lot of factors involved but so i'm driving down the freeway yesterday with my son sam who's a car nut and knows more about cars than than anybody i know in terms of like 
models and years and trends and stuff like that. Not the mechanical stuff, just the, I don't know what you would call it, the uh, the culture of it. But uh, we saw a Datsun truck. I said, I said, a Datsun, why? You never see those from way back before they were Nissan. I said, yes, when I was. When I was young, lots of people drove those tiny little Datsun trucks, and we got into the topic of that weird period of America. And like I said, I realize there are a number of things causing that. It wasn't just Jimmy Carter, but when people were driving these tiny little trucks, and and the speed limit on the interstate was 55 miles an hour, and you were supposed yeah. to set your thermostat at 85 degrees, and, and a man wasn't John Wayne, it was Alan Alda, and it was just all these different things. We were so soft and just, eh. Like when I was his age. Well, at least Alan Alda called himself a man. He didn't claim he was a woman, throw on a dress like Klinger. That's a decent point. (laughs) We got all so soft and weedy and weak and just not America when I was his age. Well, what about our pop music at the time? Our rock and roll was bread and, 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 and whatever else. Right, and so many of my favorite things, like I'm thinking about like Martin guitar and Gibson guitar and just various things I like. Their worst periods were then. That's when their stuff was so crappy. Uh, Harley Davidson. You shouldn't even b- bought them then. You wouldn't buy them now. Just everything was crap in the like mid-late 70s. Why? Just uh, hmm. world politics? Our politics? I think, yeah, number what a great question. Uh, I'm sure that's the topic of, of, of great books somewhere, but a combination of post-Vietnam feeling of failure, mistrust, and uh, self-loathing, post-Watergate was at the same time. You had the Arab oil embargo, so you had terrible economic headwinds, sky-high interest rates. It was just, it was like one of those days when you just feel crappy. We had like a decade Right. I was. Uh, we got on this kick. Joe started this Twitter thread thingy that we were all reading about Apocalypse Now, which might be my favorite all-time movie. But that came out in 1979. Did not win Best Picture. And I thought, well, how did it not win Best Picture? You know what won Best Picture? Kramer versus Kramer. A, m- yeah. a movie about East Coast elite getting divorced. And it just fits in with that whole thing I was just talking about. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. We were no longer the adventuring country, the dynamic, let's do this country. We're the licking our wounds, self-obsessed, psychotherapy, wussy man country. And, and by the way, wussy is a bad term. I don't, uh, there are effeminate guys. That's fine. We need poets and we need Navy SEALs, as I always say. Um, but yeah, at the point that a country is ruled by its flower-shirted, limp-wristed poets, I'm not sure that's a period of dynamic growth. President was wearing sweaters on TV. It's just it was just bad, just bad all the way around. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain, but we but but the most interesting thing to me is we having lived through it. That was the worst period um, uh, that I've lived through. Maybe maybe we're working on it now. Uh, But um, (laughs) but we came out of it. Yes. You know, and Reagan gets a lot of credit for that, or the morning in American, just a complete reverse. Just, I mean, could we have been more dynamic through the 80s and just the cars got bigger and we started driving faster and music got cars better? Cars got and, better, too, uh, in a large manner. Yeah, yeah, all kinds yeah. of things got better. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. it's simply that, and thank God for this, hangovers end. <laughs> they, they last a certain amount of time, then they're over. It was the hippie hangover. I, Is that what it was? I wouldn't blame the hippies. I always yeah, blame I read the hippies. Something, 
I had this sitting around forever and we never got to it. An analysis of uh, looking at generations. Pew Research did a big research project and we're talking about it. And, and they were pointing out how ridiculously inaccurate virtually every assessment of every generation is. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Well, first well, of all, were... putting a start and end date on them is really insane. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. All right, like, it's we're, just silly. We're Generation X by one year. So if we yeah. were one year younger or older, I don't even remember what she was, we'd be older, a yeah. completely different generation that means completely different things. Whatever. Well, picture baby boomers and their lives and their trends and all right. Now bear in mind that the vast majority of baby boomers were infants, toddlers, or preschoolers during the summer of love. That wasn't really many baby boomers. That was a mix of different, you know, all right, granted, if you were born in 1945, you were there in San Francisco on the hillside. But they, the other thing that they pointed out that was so interesting was that so many of our perceptions rely entirely on coastal elites, college-educated or college-student examples of that generation. Right. And um, New York-centered media, or L.A.-centered mm-hmm. media, no doubt about that. I, I remember learning all about Woodstock and stuff like that as a kid and thinking about what a glorious thing that must have been and how important it was, and it was portrayed to me through Rolling Stone magazine and documentaries as having dominated the country. And it was just all everything everybody was into and talking about. My dad was completely unaware it even existed when mm-hmm. he was and he was young at that age because he was in the Midwest working as a grown man. You know, raising kids and married. It, it's a, it wasn't part of his life. It was a big part of your life if you were in New York. You might see a week later, hey, there's a big uh, concert in um, a bunch of dirty footed New York, and, and it rained and turned into chaos. And you think, huh, I'll be damned. Then you'd go back <laughs> into your life doing what you do. The uh, Armstrong and Getty. What in God's name? It's 100 on the crazy meter. Well, that bad, it kept her. Man, that makes my soul bleed. That's insane. It's a little too much donkey talk. Unacceptable! Armstrong and Getty. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.